Greetings, Mark Pulley here with Yahweh Yeshua Assembly in Fort Myers, Florida, bringing you another teaching from Yah's laws and commandments. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. We pray you are doing well. Thank you for tuning in to our channel. We really appreciate the increased traffic on our channel and the comments people are leaving have been encouraging and edificational. Thank you, thank you, thank you. As you can tell, we're not outside, those that are watching on YouTube, um, basically because according to Florida standards, it is cold outside. And me, once it gets below 70, it is, it is cold to me. I've been down here 19 years, or we've been down here 19 years, and I don't know if it's being in my mid-60s, or if it's living in Florida all, the, all these years, or a combination of a both, both, but I get pretty chilly pretty easily. But nonetheless, we are going to talk today about the day of Yahweh. The day of Yahweh. <clears throat> After the tribulation, Yeshua comes, <clears throat> excuse me, and then he gathers two. Yahshua, Yahshua comes and then he gathers the elect. The elect are those that believe in him, have faith in him, obey his commandments as well as walk by faith. And after the tribulation, so the tribulation takes place, and that's what we talked about last week. The tribulation takes place, then the day of Yahweh takes place. It's, and the day of Yahweh is basically Yah, or Yah's wrath, is poured out after Yahshua, Yahshua has gathered his Torah faithful ones out of this world and gathered them up from the four corners of the earth. And after he does this, his wrath is poured out after the great tribulation and Yeshua gathers the elect. So let's look in the scripture in Revelation 14, chapter 14, And verse 1, and it says, And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Sinai, Sion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name, having his father's name, having his father's name, which is Yah, Yahweh, written in their foreheads. And then it says, And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. Now we see, oh, let's look in verse 10. I don't know why I read what I read, but verse 10. It says, The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath 
of Elohim, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented, that, that is, the people that has had the wrath poured out upon, with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Now, if you also look in chapter 16 and verse 1, it says, And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of Elohim upon the earth. Now, we know that this is all taking place after Yahshua went and gathered up the saints. And I know a lot of Torah-minded people have a hard conception with heaven. They think and they believe that, you know, after the tribulation, you're going to reign with Messiah on earth. And that is, that is accurate. But just look how many times the book of heaven, I mean the book of Revelation, describes people in heaven and other activities in heaven. And if heaven didn't have some part to play in this, then we don't know what was. And, and an example in Luke 16 between the beggar and the rich young man, and it said that, that there was a gulf fixed between them, and both could see into each side, but Yahshua called it paradise. Now, it has some form, some location, that it wasn't on heaven, I mean, it wasn't on earth, but it was some form of paradise, some form of blessed living, a place where the righteous would live, and it would be awesome. Um, and we see in Revelation chapter 11 that this is when the, the gathering of the saints takes place. And in verse 15 it says, And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our sovereign and of his Messiah, and he shall reign forever and forever. Now who are the great voices that are in heaven that are saying this? Is it just angelic voices? Is it the 24 elders? Is it the body of Messiah? And then verse 18, 18 says, And the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come. And the time of the dead, they should be judged, that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants. So we also see that this time is a time when Yahshua 
rewards his servants for, for being obedient to his laws and commandments. So the day of Yahweh is also the right before that Yahshua went and gathered up his people, his faithful ones, his Torah believing ones, those that kept the faith, that would not deny him. And it is also a time, the scripture says, of his reward, where Yahshua comes to reward his servants. So we see in the book of Revelation, look in chapter 14, verse 19, as we continue talking about the day of Yahweh, in Matthew 24, which we talked extensively last time, that it includes his reward, Yah's reward. When he come, comes to reward, here, let me see if I can pull up that scripture real quickly, where he comes to reward his saints. Let's see if I can find it quickly. Pardon me while I look. Um, you can also study Psalm 37. It has a lot to say about how the righteous will inherit the earth, the wicked will be destroyed, I'm still looking, still looking, bear with me. Um, okay, here we go. Here's one, Matthew 16, 27 says, For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Now, counterfeit religion teaches that Paul said that you don't need to have it to keep the Torah. It's not important. The works are not important. Obeying Yah's laws and commandments are not important. That the Messiah did away with it. If the Messiah did away with it, and he did not, then why did the Messiah say, when the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father, which refers to Matthew 24, with his angels, then he shall reward every man according to his work. So when he comes to gather the elect, it is also a time when he pours, yeah, pours out his wrath upon the unbelievers. And it is a glorious time for the believers but it is a fearful time for the unbelievers. It's like a thief coming for the unbelievers. But for the believers, it's a joyous time. For the believers, it's a reward time. He will reward you, not, not just according to you walking by faith, but that's connected to your obeying His laws and commandments. That by faith, you continue in His Word and you refuse to stop obeying his laws and commandments. Okay, and then 
in Revelation 22.12, it says, Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me. Again, false, re false religion or counterfeit religions say that works are not important. You don't have to obey. You don't have to obey the scriptures. That Yeshua paid the price for your disobedience. And that your keeping the law, your keeping the Torah, is not, you're not going to be held accountable to it. Well, isn't it funny that at the very end, that Yahshua's revelation to John said, and Yahshua speaking, Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according to his works. And his works are you and I obeying his laws and commandments. His laws and commandments to give. His laws and commandments to treat our neighbor as ourself. His laws and commandments to love one another. His laws and commandments of keeping the Sabbath. His laws and commandments of not adding to or subtracting from the Torah. His laws and commandments of honoring his feast days. His laws and commandments of not falsifying his name. So we see that you will be held accountable. You will be held accountable. Here's another good scripture. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 28. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 28 it says, So also the Messiah, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time. Okay, this is what we're referring to. Not to deal with sin. <clears throat> He's already dealt with sin. He's already dealt with sin. But to deliver those who are eagerly waiting for Him. Eagerly waiting for His return, for Him to release judgment and his wrath upon the wicked and upon wicked nations and upon lawlessness and people that promote lawlessness, governments that promote lawlessness, counterfeit religions that promote lawlessness, he's going to pour his wrath upon them. And he's coming for those that are eagerly waiting and anticipating his return. Yahshua, he paid the price for sin. But that is for only repentant sin. Sin that you and I have acknowledged as sin and repentance means to turn away from. So when you turn away from sun god worship, you stop worshiping sun gods on Sunday and you start obeying the Shabbat. When you turn away from the sin of falsifying his name, you stop using the names L-O-R-D, G-O-D, Baal, Satan, and J-E-S-U-S, -S, and you start 
using the name Yah, Yahweh, or Yahshua. You turn what repentance is, you turn away from pagan holidays like Halloween, Christmas, New Year's, Easter, so on and so forth, and you start keeping to the best of your ability Yah's feasts. You, when we first started, we did not know how to keep them, except we knew to acknowledge that they were forever because the scripture said they were forever. And we said, Yah, teach us by your spirit. And as we began to learn little nuggets here and there from other brethren, from other sisters, as we began to learn and listen to those that were further along in Torah, than we were, we began then as they would show the scriptures, teach the scriptures, go over the scriptures. The key is the scriptures from Torah. We then stepped out in faith like Peter stepped out of the boat to walk to Yahshua on the water. We stepped out of the boat of ignorance. We stepped out of the boat of counterfeit religion that didn't teach us nothing. And we began to go to Yahshua, learning and participating in, according to the knowledge that we had, in his feast days. That is repentance. Repentance is not saying, Heavenly Father, I've sinned, and then continuing in it. That is not repentance. If you're caught up in adultery, fornication, masturbation, sexual perversion, and you say, Father, forgive me, in the Messiah's name, and you continue in it, there is no forgiveness because you did not turn away from it. He will deal with you with, with grace for a little while, but then if you continue in it, he then has to turn you over and just let you go your way. And then Satan will have a field day over your life. I know, I experienced that back in the 80s. Repentance is turning away from things. All right. So let's go back to um, Revelations chapter 14, verse 19, as we continue talking about the day of Yahweh. When Yahshua comes, he will reward you. And again, if it's not important to obey the Torah then why is he going to reward you according to your obedience? Obedience of anything, when I say Torah, that does include the prophets, that does include the Psalms, that does include the first five books of the Bible, but it also includes things that line up with the Torah that are found in the renewed covenant. So, it, to me, the Torah is from Genesis to Revelation. So Revelation 14, 19, this is also Torah, says, So the angel swung his sickle to the earth and gathered the clusters from the vine of the earth and threw them, them being the wicked, the lawless. Remember in Matthew 7, excuse me, verse 23, when Yahshua said, You do not know me because he did not know his name. And they said, 
Well, we've done miracles in your name. A lot of people excuse they, they hold on to ministering J-E-S-U-S because of the miracles. And you can go and find that Hasatan does miracles. Evil spirits do miracles. And in the last days, they will increase in the miraculous. How you can tell the difference is whether someone or not is Torah observant and knows Yah's name. So you want to continue holding on to J-E-S-U-S? Be my guest. But what you're going to experience Revelation 14, 19, and you're going to experience Matthew 7 when Yahshua said, Away from me, I did not know you, you lawless one. Why? You did not keep his laws and commandments. So it says here that they gathered the clusters from the vine of the earth and threw them into the great winepress of the wrath of Yahweh. Into the wrath of Yahweh. Now, let's look real quickly. Revelation 19, as we continue. There's much more to the wrath of Yahweh in which I'm going to get to, and even which I understand. But that which I understand, I'm ministering it to you, that the day of Yahweh comes after the great tribulation. So it says in verse 15, And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them, with the rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of Yahweh. Or this version says, El Shaddai. So, again, we see the day of the wrath of Yahweh. Now, here's some other scriptures um, that write down and do your research concerning the day of Yahweh. Amos 5.18 prophesies of a day of Yahweh. 2 Peter 3.12 talks about looking for the day of Yahweh. And it says, quote, the day of the wrath of Yahweh. And he is referring, Peter is referring to the book of Amos. Remember, everything that is in the renewed covenant, that Peter, Paul, James, whoever it is, everything they share, you're going to find is a quotation out of the prophets, out of the Psalms, or out of the first five books of the scriptures, the Torah. Amos 9.11, that's why Paul said he will build upon no other foundation but the foundation of the Torah, the Scriptures. So you and I have to build only upon the foundation of the Torah. If you have been going to a counterfeit religion, they're going to build a foundation that is not upon Torah. They're going to call it Scripture, 
but it's the counterfeit scripture that Constantine created in the third century and passed on down to Catholicism and then to Christianity. Amos 9.11, it says, in that day, well, what's in that day? In, that, in the day that Yahweh avenges his people for all the evil done to them and all the evil and hate and sin against himself and against his people. Just think about what the Hebraic believers went through through Hitler, which Catholicism supported. Do your research. And his Torah. So, in that day, the day of the wrath of Yahweh is a day that Yahweh is going to get vengeance. Now, if you look in, um, let's see, I think I, I wrote it down. Yeah. If you look in Isaiah 34. Now, some years ago, when I was still participating in the counterfeit religion, Christianity, I began to learn about Yah's vengeance. And I know that Yah has a vengeance that if the enemy steals from you, that you have a legal right to ask Yah to avenge you and to restore to you what was stolen. Many people have lost loved ones. Many people have lost jobs, lost ministries, have lost faith, has, have lost hope have lost peace, joy, so on and so forth. And you can pray and ask Yah to avenge you. But the scriptures in which we taught about vengeance, the context of those scriptures, which I never understood until I began to see that the context of Isaiah 34 is this will take place in the day of Yahweh. Look in verse 34 and verse 2. For the indignation of Yahweh is upon all nations and his fury upon their armies. He hath utterly destroyed them and he has delivered them to the slaughter. Um, look in, I didn't write down the other verse. Look in Isaiah. I'm not sure if it's Isaiah 34 or 35. Let's look here and we can find it out together. Verse 8. Isaiah 34, verse 8. It says, if you just read chapter 34, starting in verse 1, but then go to verse 8. 
It says, for it, it is the day of Yahweh's vengeance. What is the day of Yah's vengeance? The day he pours out his wrath. And the year of recompenses, plural, recompenses for the controversy of Zion. So, the day of Yahweh's vengeance, which is the day of the wrath of Yahweh being poured out upon the wicked and upon lawlessness, and it will be a year of recompenses, plural, that's for all the evil that every believer has gone through. <clears throat> that every assignment of the evil one against the righteous, against the Torah, and against Yahweh. And if you read chapter 35, this is again talking about the day of Yahweh. Verse 4, say to them that are fear, that have a fearful heart, be strong and fear not. Behold, your Elohim will come with vengeance. Excuse me, little parch there. Even Elohim with a recompense, he will come and save you. So again, this is referring to the day of Yahweh. Now, go and look in Isaiah 61. In verse 2, this is, this is when Yeshua quoted this in Luke 4.18. He quoted that the Spirit of Yah is upon him. And Yah has anointed him to preach good tidings to the meek. Sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to them that are bound, and to proclaim the acceptable year of Yahweh, and the day of vengeance of our Elohim to comfort all who mourn. He is referring to the day of Yahweh. The day, there's a specific day. Now when it says day, it doesn't necessarily mean a 24-hour period. It is referring to a season after the great tribulation when the wrath of Yahweh will be poured out and vengeance of Yahweh will be poured out upon all believers. Excuse me, all unbelievers, not believers. Strike that from the record. Um... Upon all unbelievers. And an unbeliever is not just someone that doesn't believe in the Creator's name, but it is someone that is lawless. Someone that preaches lawlessness. Someone that tells people, 
you don't have to obey God's laws and commandments. That also is lawlessness. That's not the only lawlessness. You, there are, there's other lawless, lawlessness, like when you refuse to call his name Yahshua and Yahweh. That's being lawless. Or you refuse, you know, you're like an atheist or agnostic. That's being lawless as well. But there's another form of lawlessness, and that is denying the Torah, denying his laws and commandments, and refusing and re refusing to live according to them and rejecting them. That is also lawlessness, and it is also called unbelief. All right, as we continue, Joel chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. talks about a, the day of Yahweh is great and very terrible. The day of Yahweh is great and very terrible. Revelations 6, verses 12 through 17, I'll talk about the wrath of Yahweh. For the great day of the wrath is come, quote-unquote. Zephaniah 1, Verses 14 through 18. Excuse me. Zephaniah chapter 2. Verses 1 through 3. You know, just write these down. And they all pretty much say the same thing. Before the day of Yahweh's indignation come upon you. Alright. Uh, Isaiah... 13, 6 through 13, it says, How, for the day of Yahweh is near. It shall come as a destruction from Yahweh. See, you and I are not, you and I, Torah observant, Messiah believing, Yahshua believing, Yahweh believing, obedient people are not going to experience this. This is for the wicked. And it says, All the cities were destroyed at the presence of Yahweh. At the presence of the wrath of His indignation. His wrath is going to wipe them out. Verse 11 says, I will punish the, the world for their evil. I will punish the world for their evil. Now, if you're part of the world system, if you worship the God of this world, if you hold on to keeping the day of the unconquerable sun, which is Sunday, you're going to be included in the punishment that he says, I will punish the world for their evil, and the wicked for their iniquity or lawlessness. He said he will punish the world for their wicked, for their evil, and the wicked for their lawlessness. And then we see um, Ezekiel chapter 38 
and verse 19 says, For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath have I spoken surely, in that day there shall be a great shaking in the land of the wicked. And then it says, in the land of Israel. And it's not the born from above Torah obedient Israel, but it's in the land of wicked pagan Israel. Those that are worshiping sun deities. Those that they might live in Israel, but they're just as much as a heathen as a heathen in America that's, you know, totally agnostic, um, pagan, witchcraft, obeying, believing, American. So it doesn't matter where you, where you live, Yah's wrath is going to be poured out upon you. These are prophecies about the day of Yahweh. The day of Yah's vengeance upon and because of and for sin and lawlessness. Revelation 10.7 says, But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound the trumpet, the mystery of Yah shall be finished. Notice the seventh trumpet. Then we think of Paul's teachings in 1 Corinthians 4 verse 16 about at the last trumpet. Then we are reminded of Matthew 24 which talks about hearing the sound of a trumpet. Okay? Then we read Daniel 9.24 and it says to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring everlasting righteousness. See, when the day of Yahweh comes and after His wrath, then there will be a new heaven and a new earth. One that is full of righteousness. One where there is no wickedness. There is no rebellion. There is no evil. And Hasatan and his evil cohorts, his believers will not be in. It will only be Torah observant, Yahshua, Messiah, faith-believing believers. Revelation 21.4 says, Yahweh will wipe away tears from every face. And the reproach of His people He shall take away from off the whole earth, for Yahweh has spoken. And all this takes place 
in takes place after the Great Tribulation, takes place when Yahshua gathers the elect, and the day of Yahweh is poured out and Babylon is destroyed. At the day of Yahweh, Yahweh will make all things new. He will remove all pain and He will judge wicked, lawless nations and systems and wicked people and evil things that happen to you. He will judge it and destroy it and He will heal you. His obedient, law-keeping people will be avenged and restored, and you will remember no more. So, at this time, in Revelation 21.4, obviously, the righteous, the elect, will have some form of remembrance of the pain they went through on the earth. And he will wipe it away. He will remove it and all things will be made new. Many people have lost loved ones, wives, husbands, children, moms, dads, dying before their time. They experience other forms of wickedness, rape, murder, robbery, thievery. Those things will be wiped away. All of, the, all of that the elect has suffered from the hands of the wicked, pagan, sun, god, worshipers, and systems in some way, shape, fashion, or form, the day of Yahweh is Yahweh in His anger pouring out wrath and judgment on the wicked, on the wicked, evil men and women who persecuted the elect and Yah Himself and His Torah which would include um, all those nations that came against Israel, which would include Nazi Germany, which would include also Catholicism, all those years that the Catholic Church murdered people for not obeying Catholicism. I forget what that was. That was called the Dark Ages. They approved of all kinds of murder in the name of G-O-D and L-O-R-D, which we know is Baal and Sun God Deities. They were... That vengeance will take place. Not only will they suffer in eternal hell damnation, 
an eternal type of Sodom and Gomorrah, where that fire never ceases. Remember, in Luke 16, the rich young ruler, who was not Torah observant, said that he's tormented in these flames. These flames did not start and stop somewhere. They were tormented eternally. And the book of Revelation, what John saw, lines up with that. In the end, payment for wickedness and sin and lawlessness will be experienced by the wicked and the elect will be rewarded for remaining faithful to Yah's laws and commandments. To the unbeliever, it is a day of terror. To the believer, it is a day of joy. On that day, Messiah will raise the dead, the bodies of those who believed in him, and sin and lawlessness will be done away with. Will be done away with. Now, um, there are some scriptures when Paul and Peter referred to um, that he will come as a thief in the night. Now, I didn't go over any of those scriptures, but let's just go over a few of them. Now, in Matthew, um, well, let's start off in Revelation 16, 15. It says, Behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on, that he may not go about naked and be exposed. Okay, Matthew 24, verse 43, we talked about this last week. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not let his house be broken into. Now what is he referring to staying awake? It's not talking about natural sleep. It's talking about staying alert and staying obedient to Yah's laws and commandments. When you stop and you slumber, you compromise. That's like going to sleep. And that's when the thief can come in and steal, and steal from you. When you are alert, and if the thief would somehow get past your front door, you have a 357 Magnum ready, he's going to meet his maker. And you blow him out of the water. And that is referencing, not in the natural, well in the natural if that happens, someone breaks in and you're feared for your life and you shoot and you kill him, that's one thing. 
But it's also referencing that if the thief tries to break in and you're there and you're alert and you say, Satan, you will not steal my wife, you will not steal my child, you will not steal my health, you will not steal anything from me because I am the redeemed of Yahweh and I say so. Because himself took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses and by his stripes I'm healed. You will not steal anything from me in the authority of Yahweh's name. And I am holding on to the Torah. I am holding on to his laws and commandments. And he is the Yahweh that heals me. Or whatever the case may be. So, being in slumber, falling asleep, is referencing letting go of the Torah. And many have compromised the Torah and let go of it. And then we see in 1 Thessalonians 5.2 that Paul references, For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of Yahweh will come like a thief in the night. He will not come like a thief in the night to the believers, to the obedient ones, but he will come like a thief in the night to the unbelievers. Look, read in verse 4. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of the light. You are obedient to Torah. Children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep or compromise or disobey the Torah. But let us be sober. And awake for those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, clear-minded, having put on the breastplate of faith and love for the helmet of the hope of salvation. For Yahweh has not destined us for wrath. See, we're not going to experience the day of Yahweh's wrath but we're going to obtain salvation or deliverance through Yahshua HaMashiach, who died for us, that whether we are awake or asleep in the grave, we might live with Him. Therefore, whether our bodies are in the grave, we're going to be alive with Him. Therefore, encourage one another. Remember, in John chapter 11, when Yahshua came to Mary and Mary and say, well, let's, let's just turn there. It's easier to turn there um, and, and read it than quote it. John chapter 11. And this is when Lazarus died. This is one of my favorite um, scriptures. So, verse 21. 
Then said Martha unto Yeshua, Rabbi, if thou hadst been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even whatsoever thou ask, Yahweh will give it to you. Yahshua said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. And see, she was under the understanding that a lot of people today are under the understanding when Martha said unto him, I know that he will rise in the resurrection at the last day. And Yahshua is about to tweak the Torah and reveal to her that was not what he was referring to. Yahshua said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. So, if what was formerly believed, that when you die, you just wait in the grave, if that was accurate, Yahshua would not have said what he said. And he said, yes, that was true, paraphrasing, but he that believes in me, this is the renewed covenant, he that believes in me, from this day forward, from when I pay the price on the tree, he that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. His body is going to be dead, but his spirit and soul will not be dead, but will be with me eternally. From the moment he lives. And Paul verifies that when he said that he was in a twixt between two. Whether to, to die and to go on to be with Yahshua, which is far greater, or to remain on the earth, which is more beneficial for the believers. Then he said to be absent from the body is to be present with Yahweh. So when you physically die, you are present with Yahweh. Your soul, spirit is present with Yahweh. I know a lot of Torah-minded believers have a hard time receiving that because they think that's part of pagan Christianity, but it's not. Yahshua said it. Yahshua tweaked it. Yahshua renewed the renewed covenant that in the, the, the old covenant or in the first covenant, yes, that was true, but he tweaked it. He brought some changes to it. And he said, whosoever believe, lives and believes in me shall never die. Well, how is that possible if when your physical body does die? and go into the ground. He's not talking about his physical body. He's talking about the other part. Remember Ecclesiastes, I believe it was 12, says that your spirit returns from where it came, and that's from Yahweh. And verse 27, She said unto him, Yea, Master, I believe thou art the Messiah, the Son of Yahweh, which should come into the world. He didn't, wasn't talking about He didn't ask her that. But that's all that her mind would go to. 
That's all that her mind will acknowledge. And see, we need to understand that there's more to this than we comprehend. So on the, in closing, the day of Yahweh, which we've been talking about, is not going to take place until the great tribulation takes place. And the great day of Yahweh will be a day of His vengeance upon the earth and upon wicked, lawless unbelievers and their systems. We will be rewarded. And next time we'll go into about the reward of the elect, the reward of Yahweh. There is many scriptures about that. And we need to take the time and go into it. That the elect will be rewarded. Torah observant people will be rewarded. But the day of Yahweh will be like a thief for the unbelievers. It will be terrifying. It will be for the wicked. But for the, for the righteous, we'll, we'll be aware of it. And we will, we will be, it will be a time of joy for us. The other thing, those that backslid when the day of Yahweh takes place, they will recognize it and they'll realize it was too late. It was too late. So Father, we thank you for this. We bless you. We honor you. We worship you. We love you. We exalt you. Give us understanding concerning the day of Yahweh. Give us clarity about the day of Yahweh. This was not a total fulfilling uh, all that you have to say about it. But Father, we ask you to reveal it further to us in the power of your name. And Father, we bless you. Father, we worship you. Father, we love you. And we thank you in the power of your name. And for the wicked, we pray that they would turn away from the lawlessness and turn to your Torah, to the Messiah, Yahshua HaMashiach. And that all those that are continuing in the counterfeit religions and counterfeit names, we pray that they would come out in the power of your name. If you want to connect with us, YahwehYeshuaAssembly.com is our website. Or you can connect with me, Mark Pulley, or Yahweh Yeshua Assembly on Facebook. Until next time, Yah bless you. Yah make His face shine upon you. Yah make a way where there seems to be no way. And that Yah would pour out His vengeance on your behalf for all the lawlessness and wickedness that you have experienced starting now, but there is coming a day where judgment will take place in Yeshua's name. Thank you for tuning in. Yah bless you.